Welcome to Sermons in the Park, a ministry exploring biblical truth from the Word of God, focusing on the truths that help us in our daily walk with Christ in every aspect of our lives. Now, here is your Reverend, Jamie McCaskill. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to an all-new Sermons in the Park. As always, I am your Reverend Jamie McCaskill. I want to take you, thank you once again for tuning in on this beautiful Sunday morning. It's always a blessing to be able to stand here and deliver the Lord's message to each and every one of you. Now, this is being recorded on Friday because I do have to work Saturday and Sunday. So this is ahead of time like usual. Um, <clears throat> I want to apologize for last week's sermon because... I had to. I was sick. I couldn't stand up here and do this. I, I was actually getting kind of dizzy standing up. So I did what I usually do when something like that. I record the audio and put it over the top of a pic, the uh, the thumbnail for the video. And unfortunately, I put the wrong picture in there. So if you noticed that, I am sorry. I did put a apology down there in the uh, description. So before we get started, let's do like we do each and every week. Bow our heads and thank our Heavenly Father for all the great and wonderful gifts He's given us. The gifts of life, the gift of breath, food, air, all these things that we take for granted. You know, we all take for granted these things. The fact that we wake up in the morning, the fact we go to bed at night, the fact we have food to eat, the fact that we have the energy to go to work and earn a living. All these things are just things we take advantage of. <coughs> so let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we... We thank you once again for all the great gifts you give us, family, pets, neighbors, friends, relatives, all these things, food, water, air, energy, the fact that we wake up in the morning next to the people we love, the fact that we go to work and are able to stand or do our jobs, the fact that we're able to, to get around go to the store and buy our groceries or whatever we need all of this is because of you you give us these things and we thank you for that we thank you for always being there always always having our backs when we need you you know we know you're always there we thank you for that we love you father and we and we thank you in the name of your son jesus amen so if you guys have been following me you saw that we have a new follower uh he sent us a a review talking about how we how we do things here and I'd welcome those wherever you watch if you're able to get a hold of me and send me things like that I, I, I do appreciate that I welcome it <clears throat> that's the reason we do this right um, we do these book by book chapter by chapter verse by verse breakdowns and we do it so we can help you understand a little better because let's face it sometimes when we're reading we don't take in everything that we're, we're supposed to we don't understand things the way that we're meant to and that's what I try to do here just give us you give you a clearer understanding of uh, of what's going on and, and and you guys notice if you follow if you're watching me here uh, as I'm going through my notes I point out things where even I learned something new um, now if, if this is your first time, I do invite you now to pause right here and go back because we are on chapter 30. Go back and work your way forward. Make your way back here so that you, you, you're not lost as to where we are. Okay? Um, so, you may remember you may remember me mentioning in our last sermon that the two sister wives 
of uh, of uh, Jacob, how they uh, how they began to uh, compete to see which one of them would uh, become mothers. Remember, well, here in this chapter we see that demonstrated when they actually go to their maids and they have them become surrogates. You know, Rachel declares God had judged in her favor. You know, in, in bartering for time with Jacob. Then, Leah, she accuses Rachel of stealing Jacob's favor, and, and we see Rachel name one of her sons Naphtali, which actually means wrestled with my sister. You see, this race, if you want to call it that, it, it was accompanied by prayers. If you want to see that evil, you want if you want to see that evil is the system of bigamy, you honestly do not have to look any further than this intense rivalry that we're seeing here. These women are sisters. It's an intense rivalry. Even though they customarily would have lived in different tents with their own children, bigamy is a violation, okay, of the ordinance of God. And it can lead to unhappiness, just like we read here in this story about these two sisters. So let's go ahead and read, shall we? We're going to look at Genesis chapter 30. We're going to read the entire chapter, verse 1, all the way to 43. Now, again, this one might be split into two parts. I just want to give you a, a, head, a, head warn, a, a, a warning ahead of time. And when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister. And said unto Jacob, Give me children, or else I die. And Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel, and he said, Am I in God's stead? Who hath withheld from thee the fruit of thy womb? And she said, Behold, my maid Bilhah, go in unto her, and she shall bear unto, unto my knees, that I may also have children by her. And she, gave, and she gave him Bilhah, her handmaid, to wife. And Jacob went in unto her, and Bilhah conceived, and bare Jacob a son. And Rachel said, God hath judged me, and hath also heard my voice, and hath given me a son. Therefore called she his name Dan. And Bilhah, Rachel's maid, conceived again, and bare Jacob a second son. And Rachel said, With great wrestlings have I wrestled with my sister, and have prevailed. And she called his name Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had left bearing, she took Zilpah, her maid, and gave her Jacob to wife. And Zilpah, Leah's maid, bare Jacob a son. And Leah said, A troop cometh. And she called his name Gad. And Zilpah, Leah's maid, bare Jacob a second son. And Leah said, Happy am I, for the daughters will come, um, will call me blessed. And she called his name Asher. And Reuben went in the days of, and Reuben went in the days of wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field, brought them unto his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, Give me, I pray thee, of thy sons mandrakes. And she said unto him. Into, I'm sorry, unto her, it is a small matter that thou hast taken my husband. And wouldst thou take away my son's mandrakes also? And Rachel said, Therefore he shall lie with thee tonight. 
and for thy son's mandrake. And Jacob came out of the field in the evening, and Leah went out to meet him, and said, Thou must come in unto me, for surely I have hired thee with my son's mandrakes. And he lay with her that night. And God hearkened unto Leah, and she conceived, and bare Jacob the fifth son. And Leah said, God hath given me my hire, because I have given my maiden to my husband. And she called his name Issachar. And Leah conceived again, and bare Jacob a sixth son. And Leah said, God hath endured me with a great, with a good dowry. Now will my husband dwell with me, because I have borne him six sons. And she called his name Zebulun. And afterwards she bare, she bare a daughter, and called her name Dinah. And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her, and opened her wombs. And she conceived and bare a son, and said, God hath taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph, and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. And it came to pass, when Rachel had borne Joseph, that Jacob said unto Laban, Send me away, that I may go into mine own place and to my own country. Give me my wives and my children, for whom I have served thee, and let me go, for thou knowest my service, which I have done thee. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. And he said, Appoint me thy wages, and I will give it. And he said unto him, Thou knowest how I have served thee, and how thy cattle was with me. For it was little which thou hadst before I came, and it is now increased unto a multitude. And the Lord hath blessed thee since my coming. And now when shall I provide for mine own house also? And he said, What shall I give thee? And Jacob said, Thou shalt not give me anything. If thou wilt do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep thy flocks. I will pass through all thy flock today, removing from thence all the speckled and spotted cattle, and all the brown cattle among the sheep, and the spotted and speckled among the goats. And of such shall be my hire. So shall my righteousness answer for me in, t in time to come, when it shall come for my hire before thy face, every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and brown among the sheep, that shall be counted stolen with me. And Laban said, Behold, I would, I would it might be according to thy word. And he removed that day the he goats that were registered, I'm sorry, ring straked and spotted, and all the she goats that were speckled and spotted, and every one that some white in it, and all the brown among the sheep, and gave them into the hand of his sons. And he set three days' journey betwixt them and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. And Jacob took him rods of green poplar, and of the hazel and chestnut tree, and piled white stakes into them, and made the white appear which was in the rods. And he set the rods which he had piled before the flocks in the gutters in the watering in the watering troughs when the flocks came to drink, and they should conceive when they came to drink. 
And the flocks conceived before the rods, and brought forth cattle, ring-straight and speckled and spotted. And Jacob did separate the lambs, and set the faces of the flocks towards the ring-state, and all the brown in the flock of Laban. And he put his own flocks by themselves, and put them not into Laban's cattle. And it came to pass, whensoever the stronger cattle did conceive, that Jacob laid the rods between before the eyes of the cattle in the gutters, that they might conceive among the rods. But when the cattle were feeble, he put them not in. So the feebler were Laban's, and the stronger were Jacob's. And the man increased exceedingly, and had much cattle, and maidservants, and manservants, and camels, and asses. I know that was a lot, and uh, we will eventually get to all of it. But like I said, today we're, we're going to stop short because this is a longer chapter. So remember how we do this. We always go back, we reread the first verse that we read that day, and then we break it down. So what's what? we go back to 30 verse 1, and we see, And when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister, and said unto Jacob, Give me children, or else I die. This happens, okay, because God sees that Rachel is loved more than Leah. We talked about this last week. <clears throat> God steps in, and he closes up Rachel's womb, which, of course, causes envy. Rachel tells him, Or else I die. We have, a course, of course, discussed this uh, multiple times here, okay, Several times. But see, in the Near Eastern culture, especially in the ancient times, for a woman not to have children, it's no better than her being dead. It was considered a severe embarrassment. Now, I know that this is hard for us to understand today, with the, especially with the society that we live in now. If a man had more than one wife, we call him a bigamist. Remember, when God created man and woman, he said that they became one flesh. So any arrangement outside of that is asking for big trouble. And here we see jealousy, we see strife. All this enters into Rachel. No greater grief than a married woman who's not able to bear children. Women did not feel that they were fulfilled if they did not have children and this is what we see here rachel had no children her sister by this point had four so who does she blame well if you look at it she blames jacob right so let's move forward verse two now and jacob's anger was kindled against rachel and he said am i in god's stead who hath withheld from thee the fruits of thy womb? I like the way he answers her. He asks her, am I in God's stead? Now, I know that he only says this out of frustration. Because, again, Rachel is pleading with him. She really wants a child. And <clears throat> the envy is showing here. But, still, I know that this shows Jacob understood that the opening and the closing of her womb was a decision that's left up only to God. We all understand that even when we love someone, especially as much as Rachel loved Jacob loved Rachel here, we cannot bear being blamed for something that we have no control over. He's reminding her of this. Hey, 
God's the one who's refusing to give you children. Verse 3. And she said, Behold, my maid Bilhah, go in unto her, and she shall bear upon my knees, that I may also have children by her. Now, pay attention, because I'm going to tell you something that you might not know here. Okay? So, wake up and listen. She says, Bear upon my knees. This is contrary to what you might have heard. But this is not talking about her adopting a child. Look at chapter 48, verse 12. It says, And Joseph brought them out from between his knees... And bowed himself with his face to the earth. This is talking about welcoming the child after it is born. Okay, look again. Chapter 50, verse 23. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation, and the children also of Maker, the son of Manasseh, were brought up upon Joseph's knees. Again, this is talking about welcoming the child after it's born. Okay? If you look at the Hurrian tells, this is just an event that's associated with the birth of the child. You know, naming him, welcome him into the family, handling the child. When a surrogate gives birth while actually sitting on the knees of the wife, that is symbolic of the wife providing a child for her husband. Yes, I know that sounds weird, but that is exactly what this means the the surrogate is sitting on the mother on the on the on her lap giving birth verse 4 and she gave him bilhah her handmaid to wife and jacob went in unto her <coughs> it says and she gave him bilhah her handmaid meaning she gave him to her so he could um enjoy her if you will as a wife this makes her a concubine. And still, these were sometimes called a wife, a secondary wife. They were also under the proper lawful wife. But you see, their children, can't they, they don't inherit anything. You got to give it up to Jacob here because the children he had by his wives, by their maids, I should say, they inherit along with the rest of them. Okay, now the verse then goes on to say, and Jacob went in unto her. Well, he did what Rachel asked him to do, meaning not only did he have more than one wife, he also had concubines. This was not looked on as criminal at that time. And, and I can only guess that it was tolerated. Okay, 
especially here in this case for for the multiplication of uh, of Jacob's seed for him having more and more children. Now, we can also guess that he complies with the request because you know, he he would be following the example of Abraham, who also you know took Hagar as uh, as uh, just for uh, because his wife told him to. Okay, verse five. And Bilhah conceived and bare Jacob a son. So Bilhah conceived and bare Jacob a son. So far, this seems acceptable to the Lord because he blessed her. He allowed her to conceive. We see that Jacob got a son, though, right? Now, how this, how these women thought that their maid's children were theirs, I have no idea, okay? I don't understand it. And sadly, this plan did not clear up any confusion at all. It only makes matters worse. Think about it. Rachel was already jealous of Leah. Now she's also going to be jealous of Bilhah, her own maid, who she told to go do this. Verse 6. And Rachel said, God hath judged me and hath also heard my voice and hath given me a son. Therefore called she his name Dan. Okay, so it says Rachel said. She said what she, ha- what she says. You know, a son... It, it, that Bilhah bore her a son, okay? She says, God hath judged me. She's saying that God accepted it, as far as she understood. You know, she giving her husband her maid as a wife. She felt that she was justified. The verse says, and hath also heard my voice. This seems to say, right, that she prayed, that she prayed that God would allow her maid to get pregnant. It says, and hath given me a son. She felt that this child, that Bilhah had was her child. So in a way, she yes, she adopted the child. So she's the one who chose his name. So let's let's sum everything up so far. Because it's a lot. Rachel, she looks at this child from, from the one born of her servant as her own, as a gift from God, the fruit of her prayer, a mercy towards her. And God is dealing with her graciously, taking her part, you know, and judging righteous righteous judgment, like he always does. The verse says, therefore called she his name Dan. Now, Dan, interestingly enough, means judgment. And the reason is in the first part of this verse, isn't it? This is a strange situation. <laughs> Just look at it. Bilhah is not allowed to name her own child. Rachel names him Dan. He says that it's her child. She says that it's her child. Just like how we have surrogates today. The mother who who bears the child has no rights to the child. Alright, verse 7 now. And Bilhah, Rachel's maid, conceived again and bare Jacob a second son. And and Bilhah, Rachel's maid, bore or conceived again. Again, this makes it sound like it was as soon as she was able to give birth. You know, as soon as she had, she gave birth to Dan, she was pregnant again. The verse says, and bear Jacob a second son. I want to know if you've been counting. 
Because this right here makes number six. The second one by Bilhah. Now let's go look at verse eight. And Rachel said, With great wrestling have I wrestled with my sister, and I have prevailed, and she called his name Naphtali. The verse starts off simple enough with, And Rachel said, With great wrestlings have I wrestled with my sister. Now I saw where some say that it should say with the wrestlings of God, meaning that she had been wrestling and striving in prayer with God. She was being vehement and persistent in her petitions to him. She had been praying that, that she might have children, just like her sister had. I also saw where others render it, I used the craftiness of God, or great craftiness with my sister. She's talking about giving her maid Bilhah to him, having children by her. The verse goes on to say, and I have prevailed. She felt that she had prevailed. She prevailed, and she felt that she prevailed in what she was trying to do because she wanted to have children, and she wanted to have another child before her sister had a chance to have another child. She had the children that she wished for, right? The verse says, and she called his name Naphtali, which means my wrestling. He was a child that she'd been striving for, wrestling for, if you will. Now, according to what, you know, I was reading at some of the Jewish sources, these two children of Bilhah's birthday, you remember I did this before, <laughs> were Dan, his birthday would have been the in August the 29th, and he lived to be 127. Naphtali, he was born on September the 5th, and he lived to be 133 years old. This all was just so ridiculous when you think about it. It was all just a, a contest to see who God would allow to have the most children. You understand? So let's go on to verse 9 now. Verse 9 says, When Leah saw that she had left bearing, she took Zilpha, her maid, and gave her Jacob to wife. So when Leah saw that she had left bearing, as the verse says. This should add, what should be added here is for a little while, because she did get pregnant later, okay? And it should also add that she saw what Rachel had done. It goes on to say she took Zilpah, her maid, and gave her Jacob to wife. Now, this is just my opinion. You, you can kind of excuse what she's doing here, but come on. Leah already has four children. She should be content with that. Why did she need more? Especially by her maid. She did get pregnant again later though. There's no reason for her to have given up hope that soon. So let's move on to verse 10 now. Which says, And Zilpah Leah's maid bare Jacob a son. Right? Again, we see Jacob, he consents to taking a wife that his wife told him to. Remember, he took Bilhah because Rachel told him to. And since he did that, he had to do it for the other wife. And he went on and he had sex with her and she conceived. Yes, this is not said, but I want you to just come on now. It had to have happened. Doesn't it sound like Jacob had no say and who he went to bed with. But we know this isn't true. 
We know that God planned on starting 12 tribes from different people. So this must have been his plan. There were 12, you know, would come from these uh, jealous women. God arranges things to fit his plan. Not for our convenience, okay? So let's move on to verse 11 now. <clears throat> verse 11 says, And Leah said, A troop cometh, and she called his name Gad. The, ver the verse, of course, is, it starts off with, And Leah said, A troop cometh. Now the, tro the troop that she's speaking of here are children. Remember, she had four children. Now another one born to her maid. She, of course, expected even more to come along. Now, I also read where some take it to mean that the head of an army, the commander of a troop, if you will, the one that would come, who would overcome his enemies. Now, if that's true, that would, of course, agree with Jacob's prophecy in Genesis chapter 49, verse 19. God, I mean, I'm sorry, Gad, a troop shall come over, Gad, a troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at the last, right? Now, we see, it's the verse says, and she called his name Gad. Now, that name Gad could mean one of two things, troop or fortune. This would mean that she's excited at how many children she's having or hoped to have. All right, let's look at verse 12. And Zilpah, Leah's maid, bare Jacob a second son. Just like Bilhah, she bore, you know, and then, and then of course she bore no more after this. At least we don't read of any, right? So let's go to verse 13. And Leah said, "Happy am I, for the daughter will call me, for the daughters will call me blessed." And she called his name Asher. So it says, "And Leah said, this is her talking. She's talking after the maid had borne her, or, you know, yet another son. She says, "Happy am I." This could have been translated as, "In my happiness," or, "For my happiness." She's saying that the birth of this child added to her happiness. And it will just increase. She says, for the daughters will call me blessed. Meaning the women. The women where she lived. They would say that she's happy. She's a happy person. Because she had so many children of her own. As well as others by her maid. Okay. Take a look at Psalm 127 verse 5. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. The verse says, And she called his name Asher, a name which 
she gives him to signify happiness or blessed. Because the name Asher literally means happiness. Now, according to Jewish writers, these two sons of Zilpah were born. Gad was born in October the t- on October the 10th. <clears throat> and they say that he lived to be 125 years old. And then Asher was born on January the 22nd, <laughs> the same day as one of my best friends. He lived 123 years. Asher was Jacob's eighth son she she, you see blessings from god often come in the form of children leah knew god was blessing her okay now we're going to go to verse 14 now genesis chapter 14 or verse genesis chapter 30 verse 14 sorry and reuben went in the days of wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field and brought them unto his mother leah Then Rachel said to Leah, Give me, I pray thee, of the son's mandrakes. Now, interesting thing here. We're going to talk about mandrakes for a little while. Mandrake is actually an herb. And it's in the Belladonna family. Anyone who's interested in herbology already knows this. They know that it's considered a what? An aphrodisiac. Mandrake has a yellow fruit, okay, and it grows from it, that is about the size of a small apple. The ancient people in the Middle East, they actually attributed sensual desire to the mandrake. They said that it would aid in conception. Now remember, at this time, Jacob had eight sons by three different women. By this time, he'd been married for six years. His oldest son was Reuben. He's five. My best guess is that Reuben was out somewhere in the fields playing during the wheat harvest, and he probably saw that orange fruit growing there, and and like any other, you know, inquisitive child, he took them to his mother. How many times, you mothers out there, you know, you see your child, like, go out and bring you flowers, right? We see here that he brought them to his mother. Mandrake fruit? had a superstition attached to them. They were called love apples. Because remember, like I told you, they're an aphrodisiac. And Rachel, Rachel's very desperate. So what does she do? She makes, a, she makes a bargain. She wants to be pregnant so bad that she wants to use these mandrakes. Okay? This is, of course, one of those folk remedies. You know, my grandma was really big into folk remedies. A home remedy, if you will. Again, she's not understanding that only God can give her children. Because, you know, he's the one that closed her womb. So let's look at verse 15. And she said unto her, Is it a small matter that thou hast taken my husband? And wouldst thou take away my son's mandrakes also? And Rachel said, Therefore he shall lie with thee tonight for thy son's mandrakes. And it says, And she said unto her, Leah is speaking to Rachel, right? And she's taking the opportunity to talk about the the uneasiness that had been on her mind. She says, "Is, Is it a small thing that thou hast taken away my husband? She's talking about how she had the greatest share of his affections, right? 
he was most likely to spend most of his time with Rachel. Think about that. He probably he probably did this because Leah doesn't mention bearing of children. I think she just she held back. Well, I should say she couldn't hold back anymore. She just blurts all this out. She has, and wouldst thou take away my son's mandrakes also? Isn't it a weird thing to bring up with her husband? Besides, she's she's asking her humbly. She doesn't say she she will take them without permission. No. She she asks for them. And then the verse says, And Rachel said, Therefore he shall lie with thee tonight for their, thy son's mandrakes. This is a trifle thing for her to trade for his company. To me, it makes it seem like like they shared the night with him. You know, one night he was with Leah, one night he was with Rachel, back and forth, back and forth. And the night mentioned here must have been Rachel's night. But she agrees. She agrees to, to allow him to go be with Leah in exchange for the mandrakes. Who knows? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But the night-to-night arrangement, when you're reading this verse... Maybe he had not slept with Leah in a while. And Rachel would give him the night to Leah, or should say give that night to Leah. Because the wording in the verse could be taken as he was given all of his attention to Rachel. So, and even, even in the next verse as well. Anyway, it sounds like the mandrakes had similar effect on some of the fer- as some of the fertility drugs that we have today. Because Rachel wants a child. And she would do anything it took to get one. It also seems like it had been a long time since Rachel and Jacob were married. If not, Reuben had not, would not, I should say, be old enough to go into that field alone. Unger, he tells us that Mandrake is a narcotic. And that it could actually kill you if you take too much of it. But we do not see... That's spoken of anywhere in the Bible. And what we read, do we not get the sense of life and not death? So let's go to verse 16 now. And Jacob came out of the field in the evening, and Leah went out to meet him, and said, Thou must come in unto me, for surely I have hired thee with my son's mandrakes. And he lay with her that Night. Now, when it says, and Jacob came out of the field in the evening, I know, guys, I'm only guessing here. I think he had been feeding his flocks. Okay? That's my biggest guess on this one. The verse then says, and Leah went out to meet him. You know, she's his wife. She would know what time he goes and comes from the field. Right? And then we see, and said, Thou must come in unto me. Remember, women had their own tents, a tent away from the men. So she's inviting him into her tent. Remember, we saw this from Sarah and with Abraham as well. So not only did they live separate from the men, but it also seems they, they were separate from each other. The verse says, For surely I have hired thee with my son's mandrakes. She traded those mandrakes. For some time with her husband. She gave Rachel those mandrakes. 
that her son Reuben had found and brought back. We also see that Jacob did not, he didn't object to it either. He consented. This shows that he's willing to please both wives. I'm sure that he just guessed that the women had made the arrangement. You know, the verse says, he lay with her that night. Now, just read it, and we can tell by the way it says it, he must not have spent a lot of time with her here, okay? He, he must have preferred his time with Rachel. Verse 17. And God hearkened unto Leah, and she conceived and bare Jacob the fifth son. We see the start of this verse. It says, and God hearkened unto Leah. Now the Targum says to the prayer of Leah for some more children. I want to make sure that you understand the desire that these women, you know, they have, they they desire for the company of their husband. It, It was not out of lust. It was not out of some amorous desire that was in them. It was purely for the fact they wanted to have more children. They wanted to have a lot of children. And I think that this is best seen by by giving their maids to him. If you read what Bishop Patrick had to say, he gives us the reason as the promise that was made to Abraham, the multiplication of his seed. And that makes sense, right? The Messiah would come from one of these lines. That's also why Moses is taking such note of these things. Remember, he's the one writing this. Even though it it may seem below the dignity of this sacred history, that's what we get from all this. The verse says, And she conceived and bare Jacob the fifth son, meaning the fifth one from her. Remember, this is actually the ninth son altogether. Also remember this. I already said that this situation is strange. It seems like Jacob would do whatever Rachel wanted him to do, even if that included sleeping with her sister. In the eyes of our Lord, Rachel got a raw deal here. So he blesses her and he makes her fruitful. Moving on, verse 18. And Leah said, God hath given me my hire, because I have given my maiden to my husband, and she called his name Issachar. This is one of them that I do not have a lot to say about. But I do want to point out that Rachel got the mandrakes, right? Leah's the one to have another son, and she names his name Issachar. Issachar means reward i just thought that would be interesting for you to hear we're going on now to verse 19 and leah said god hath endued me with a good dowry now will my husband dwell with me because i have borne him six sons and she called his name wait a minute i went too far sorry verse 19 (laughs) <laughs> and Leah conceived again and bare Jacob the sixth son. So she conceived again. This gives me the idea that the fact that she keeps bearing children, you know, Jacob took more to her. 
He, he started to go see her more, attending to her apartment, her bed, if you will. The verse then says, and bear Jacob a sick son. Again, this points out that this is the sixth son by her, the tenth son altogether, counting the two handmaids. Now, then we can go to verse 20, which I started to read for some odd reason. <laughs> and and Leah said, God has imbued, imbued me with a good dowry. Now will my husband dwell with me because I have borne him six sons. And she called his name Zebulun. I'm butchering that name, I know, but go with me. I love what Rachel says. She says, now will my husband dwell with me. This makes it very clear. She's crying for someone who she still she still feels unloved. Take a look at chapter 29, verse 31. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. I think that the fact that, that Jacob had visited her tent as often as he did is confirmed here. She clearly hopes that her having six children would win him to her permanently. And this is clear with what she names her son because she names him Zebulun, a name which literally means dwelling. Like I said, she shows it, this shows that she hopes Jacob would come dwell in her tent. It's clear that even though she had now given him six sons, he still didn't live with her. He lived with Rachel and would visit Leah. All right, moving on, verse 21. And afterwards she buried daughter and called her name Dinah. We see she gives him a daughter here. Now, this is not the only daughter Jacob has. Take a look at chapter 37, verse 35. I want to, we're getting somewhere with this. And all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted. And he said, For I will go down into the grave unto my son's mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Okay, now go also to chapter 46, verse 7. His sons and his son's sons with him. His daughters, with an S, and his son's daughters... And all his seed brought he with him to Egypt. We see Dinah mentioned here though. Why? Because this is an in, an, in anticipation for what will happen to her in Shechem. Which we will get to when we get to chapter 34. Okay. Her name Dinah means justice. You've probably noticed as we've been reading Daughters are not listed. They're not, they're not ordinarily mentioned at all unless something prominent happens to them. That's the case here, as we see when we get further into uh, this lesson. So 
We'll go to chapter 22 now. Or <laughs> verse 22. I keep saying chapter. I'm sorry about that. And God remembered Rachel. And God hearkened to her. And opened her womb. It starts off with. And God remembered Rachel. So after all this waiting. All this desperation coming from her. All of her pleading. All of it. It ends in. When does it end? When God wants it to. When it's God's will. Seven years after that. We see Rachel properly gives credit for her, her delivery from barrenness to the Lord. We see she, she trusted for another son. Watch the next couple verses. Pay attention. Verse 23. And she conceived and bare a son and said, God hath taken away my reproach. She conceived and bare a son. That's what we see started off here. She's, she's grateful. She sees that it was through the goodness of God. The verse says, and said, God hath taken away my reproach. The reproach of being barren. She she's been she'd been reproached among her neighbors, probably by Leah. Right? At this time, it was a general reproach. But think about what family they're in. It would have been worse for a good woman in that family because they were not able to multiply the seed according to the promise of God. How could the Messiah come from them? Right? So, I think we're going to end on this next verse. We're going to do verse 24, and then we're going to end for the day. Okay? Um, look what we're going to read. Let's go ahead and read it. And she called his name Joseph and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. What does she name her son? She names him Joseph. This would have been in 1914 B.C. Joseph's name means he will add, or may he add. This shows her thanks, as well as her faith, that God would give her another son. Either that God had removed the reproach, or that he would give her another son. God did give her another son. He gave her Benjamin, much later. If you go back and reread verse 22, you'll see that Rachel had been praying to God when the verses hearkened to her. The prayer would, of course, be answered. We need to remember that when we pray, God hears us. God answers our prayers in his own time. Sometimes it just takes a little while. We've discussed this before, but... Remember, to these women at this time, being barren was a punishment from God. It was an honor for them to bear children. Joseph was not like the other sons. He came from a union of love, a union of the Spirit. Those other sons, they were born from the flesh, from worldliness. Of course, he would be his father's favorite. Joseph is the one who, who God would send his blessings through. Joseph would be God's man. 
Watch Joseph carefully as we continue along. We can see a shadow of Jesus through Joseph. Also, when you look at Joseph, he's the 11th child of Jacob. As we move on in future lessons, I, I, I want you to see that Jacob loves Joseph more than his other sons. And this, of course, causes trouble, like it would in any family. We see the miraculous protection that God provides Joseph through some of the worst circumstances imaginable. God called on this son for a time and a purpose. Rachel, would she would have one more son, and that son, like I said, Benjamin, he, he rounds off the 12 tribes. But until then, Joseph is the youngest and the favorite. He was born of Jacob's favorite, his beloved wife, Rachel. So I pray the Lord continue. I pray that, uh, you know, you guys got something out of this one today. I hope that um, you learned something new. You know, um, that's why we do this, right? This one I know is <laughs> shorter than usual when I split them into two. But I was really looking forward to this one because we get the list of the sons. We see that. We see how bigamy is really bad for marriages. We've seen all of this. You know, we get all the, tw the list of almost all the 12 sons. So I want to thank you all for joining me here. Um, guys, I have, um, if you live in town or close to Fostoria and would like one, I have um, these Gospels of John to pass out. If you want one, get a hold of me. I think you'll like it. I'm not going to show you one and ruin the surprise. But I want to thank you all for joining me here. I pray the Lord continues to bless and keep each and every one of you. And I hope to see you all back here soon for an all-new Sermons in the Park. Thank you and God bless you. And do, guys, like, share, and subscribe. And go over to the podcast where there's a lot more than what you get here. A lot more than what you get here. I, I do subjects over there. Short. Some of them are short. Some of them are long. So... Thank you all again, and God bless and keep each and every one of you, and I hope to see you all back here soon. Thank you. You have been listening to Sermons in the Park with Reverend Jamie McCaskill. Be sure to follow us on YouTube, BitChute, and Rumble. And as always, thank you for listening.